0: Good evening, everyone. I am Kelly and by my side is my husband, Joel. Good evening So we are back with another rendition of Afterthoughts and this week we begin the ever so awesome classic animal farm now so this is a book you actually read first. This yes,
1: it time. is. It's okay. something I read in school a yeah. long time ago.
0: It, um, you know, I read, I read this and I realize how, why it's like the world's greatest allegory. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about it?
1: Why don't I tell a little bit about Just it? Just a little
0: bit about the background. So,
1: Animal Farm is uh, George Orwell's uh, pretty. 1945 is when. I uh, yeah. It is, as you say, an allegory for uh, sort of like... It was at the time where they were really close to how uh, Russia and, and some of the World War II fallout was happening. Yes. And he lived in Europe uh, at a time where all that was happening. And so he had a sort of... Close-up view of the kind of totalitarianism
0: really? he was English, that was occurring. Right? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. Uh, but he would. They still had a, you know, a seat next to the table very, of very where good. that was happening. Yes. Uh, but this this whole book, they they use the sort of uh, communist um, ethos and themes as the vehicle to sort of show the ends of of that logical route uh it's not that is not explicitly about communism or socialism it's just that that is the the nature that that is the yeah that is the vehicle like that is the structure that he experienced in himself like uh the totalitarianism the fascism it's not something uniquely uh specific to that political ideology. It's just that the, the moral of the story is that uh, these things sort of all, any time that there's a revolution, the the eventual end is the creation of a new establishment that then goes on and, and handles the reign of power and, and sort of clinches tight people's ability to make their own choices and have their own autonomy. So, this book, as you said, it's very allegorical. Mm-hmm. It, it takes place on a farm where uh, Mr. Jones is sort of this, like, kind of disheveled farmer that hasn't kept up good care of his uh, farmland. And they sort of depict him as being this kind of drunkard uh, that does the bare minimum to dip by and, and to handle his animals. Mm-hmm. And the animals in this story... Uh, there's a sort of going along with it, right? But yes. the pigs... The
0: pigs are the ones... The pigs, pigs ones... are the
1: conspirators. So the pigs and the main two are Napoleon and Snowball.
0: Yes, uh, after Old Major.
1: After Old Major, that's yep. right. right. Old Major is actually the one who sort of sets them all around at the yeah. barnyard at night, is sort of explaining his... Ethos or edict that, uh, as far as he knows, figures all humans are bad <laughs> yes. because they are the taskmasters. They, mm-hmm. you know, they are slaves, and the human is the master. Yes. Basically, you know, and, and he he sort of has this big sweeping uh, populist speech yes. about how you know they need to own the means of production. They need to own and earn and keep the earnings that they make yes you know instead it, of just getting a pittance
0: yes the the pigs are known as the brains of the operation here and even even at the beginning now this is kind of uh, an interesting thing when they made up that song yeah that was a rip off because of, i kept singing it um oh what is the name of the song i can't think of it i don't know um but they 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 made a song up that they would sing at the end of all of their meetings and so one thing i noticed is that the pigs were very smart then there is um benjamin benjamin who uh is the donkey and he's just like eeyore he's like ho-hum i don't care I just, i'm just doing my thing
1: i wouldn't even call it Eeyore Ho-Hum, I feel like his tone is a lot more cynical.
0: It's very cynical, um, but there is one thing I want to say about him in just a second. So let's go back to Benjamin in just a minute. Okay. Um, one thing I want to bring up is the sheep. I found them incredibly
1: Well, m- maybe we should just go through the different sets of characters. Okay. So they're the pigs. Old Major is like the, the wise old one. Napoleon and Snowball are these younger... Ones underneath him Yes, uh, There are a few horses uh, One named Boxer Which is like the work horse He does the most lifting mm-hmm. uh, He is the most stout, strong animal There's Molly, who's the other horse That's very like She's very dainty. vain and dainty yeah. And she likes it's, her ribbons Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, like you said, they're the sheep uh, they're the They don't sheep. really give any specific names to the sheep But no. the sheep are, well, they're sheep They're, they're sheep, they're they, easily, they follow They're easily uh, sort of Led along by the collar, you know, if they get sweeped up in excitement over something.
0: Was well, it four feet good, two feet bad, is what they keep well, saying? Well,
1: that's, well, we're sort of skipping uh, to that point. But, yes, that's that's the, the mantra they end up all coming up with. Yes, just,
0: just to bring that up, yes, in just a, you know, a mm. very short stint. We'll, we'll go back to all of that, but...
1: And then there are a couple dogs. <laughs> um, I, I can't remember their names at the moment, but there's a male dog and a female dog yeah uh all that said like the whole premise that it starts with is after jones goes to bed they all decide after getting spun up by old major that they need their independence Mm -hmm. okay and so what ends up happening is they more or less attack mr jones the next time he's sort of like roughing them up and scares yep. him off the land.
0: Well, he didn't feed him that, that night.
1: Right. He, so. He, he had one day where, like, he was drunk and, yeah. then, like, slept through the entire day. The, the animals are sitting there not getting fed, and they eventually decide to break into the barn with the food.
0: Yes. Exactly. And basically
1: have at it. And then he came in and tried to harm them in response.
0: Mm-hmm. And then they all ganged up on him and his, like, farmhands
1: yeah that was their revolt like yes like the the alidori i mean it's almost laid on thick if you're of our age Yes, (laughs) because it's it's very clearly the same kind of thing that happens in most kinds of revolutions Mm -hmm. regardless of the nation regardless of where you're talking about that there's always a sort of like Either passing of the torch from one generation or another, yeah. ideally, if you're in a democracy, right? Or in more oppressive regions, it is by force, basically. Right. Like the there has to be a uh, proletariat kind of uprising and takeover, right. For that there to be a passing of the torch and those kind of uh-huh. things. So right. this this one's the latter because Mister Jones is he's the taskmaster, he's the slave owner, he's uh-huh. he is the uh, Kim Jong Un, <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, of this uh, farm, so like, they scare him off, and they all, they basically like spend the night like running around cheering and repeating yeah. that song over and over. Yeah. And, and at the end of it, the old major just sort of announces their independence. They come up with their own flag. Uh, they come up with a set of like. Uh, Commandments, <laughs> yes, <laughs> almost the seven it's, commandments. I mean, it's almost like their bill of rights, basically. Yep. Like it's, yes, you know, and you know the. I'm gonna pull that up. Yep
0: the the bill of like they, they call them the seven commandments.
1: So, they come up with these seven commandments. Uh, whatever goes upon two legs is an enemy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Whatever goes upon four legs or has wings is a friend. No animal shall wear clothes. No animal shall sleep in a bed. No animal shall drink alcohol. No animal shall kill any other animal. And all animals are equal. Uh-huh. Okay, I mean the the commandments are very clearly just a a rebuttal to humankind and their tendencies, their traditions, etc. It's it's meant right. to be their declaration of independence.
0: Right, right, exactly. Their own little set of of. Uh, like laws, so yeah they, they, they're very simple, very basic and something you would think that everybody would go along with and, and thrive on um, you, you do start seeing things a little bit um, differently um, there there are several things there there's that one raven that's like beholden to Mrs. Jones and he like flies off with her she' she, she just sort of runs away. Um, and so the bird goes with her. Mm-hmm. But one thing, and I want to say this about Benjamin the donkey, is they were saying one of the animals was talking to uh, Benjamin, and he he was saying, "Oh, you know, this is you know about how this is going to be great, and how you know we we can live free and yada yada." And the only thing Benjamin said in reply was, "I." Donkeys live, outlive probably all the other animals on the farm. Yeah. And that's all he said, and he kept working. And because he asked him, he's like, oh, well, don't you think that's, you know, don't you think that's great and stuff like that? And he's like, I'll probably outlive all of you. And yeah. then he just well, keeps going. So you're starting to see a perspective that maybe it's not so great for everybody on the farm.
1: I don't even necessarily see it as that so much. I see it as the old man sort of stand-in has had the wisdom of a lifetime that most of them have not conceived before. And he has grown callous to the idea that things can dip better. Well, Like he... I see him as having the wisdom of understanding that, like, you know, welcome to the old boss, same as, it's welcome to the new boss, same as the old boss. Like, the idea yes. that, you know, power may change hands, but he's cynical enough to think that nothing will meaningfully change with that power exchange.
0: Well, that's just it. It's, everything goes on, It's it's all business as usual for him, because he's just working for another master, but... You know, at the same time, yes, he has lived longer, but he said, you know, no matter what, I'm going to outlive all of you and I'm going to have to live through this hell through, you know, even long after you're gone. Yeah. Because donkeys have really long lifespans. And so, you know, he's he's just sort of doing it. He's just like, "I, I don't care. I'm not I'm just here. So I found him very interesting.
1: He, he is definitely one that kind of provides a lawn view perspective mm-hmm. that some of the other one like the other animals are so caught up in the moment and, right. and the exhilaration of freedom in their yep. eyes that it's only the pigs that really start to truly wield that organization. Yes. Uh, they're, they're the sort of brains of the operation, mm-hmm. like you said, uh, they clearly and quickly come up with this edict the commandments they quickly come up with plans to share the work and then share the spoils uh-huh. um, with people and for a long time it, for a while it is like that yes um you know they, they all sort of shorthand these commandments even as you know four lads good two lads bad That that's where you mentioned with like the the sheep the sheep yep. because they would decide to condense it Uh to a one phrase slogan
0: yep and that's all they ever said that's all they ever repeated
1: and and like that that one phrase sloganeering is a uh common thing in politics too yes you know even when you look in the united states like make america graded
0: yeah which
1: yes we have the most recent one but that was a ronald reagan one too
0: yes it was you know it was Yeah. uh absolutely he's the one who came up with that slogan originally
1: yep you know obama it was hope and change yep so like everybody that runs for office successfully has that sort of concatenated uh slogan that sort of summarizes their entire thrust of what they're trying to across, and they do here in the same way now i what you find interesting so far leading up this is that these animals each have different perspectives on their new situation. Yeah, uh, Boxer the horse, mm-hmm. he's yeah. all in. Like, yes, he, yes, he is all in, bought in on the idea that well, you know, I already worked hard. If I worked even harder, then I can get a a larger share of the spoils. Then, you know, this is going to be totally worth it, and I'm going to break my back doing what I can to do that. Uh, the other horse less interested in that. Uh, yeah. You know, she she doesn't love the rules about... Molly
0: is not loving this. She doesn't she, like the
1: rules about not being able to have human... Y-
0: interaction, you know, right. Well,
1: not just interaction, but decoration. Oh, yeah, you know, like because the, they
0: want to take her ribbons yeah. away. Right, because <laughs> she,
1: she had found ribbons in the house, and they, like, took them away from her.
0: Yes, and then they, they found them... Uh, she was hiding them in her, like, little stable, and yeah. then it's funny because she goes away at one point, and they're, they're saying, oh, I saw you, you know you know, c- cahooting with a human, and she's like, oh, I like being petted. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, well, and she,
1: she's, she ends up running off. She
0: ends up running off, and they say they never mention her name again. Right. So yeah. she didn't, it, you know, obviously she just had, uh, you know, she had a, a way of wanting to do things, and that's how she liked it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would be happy if I if somebody was pampering me. I wouldn't want to be like, oh, you know, living a shitty life if, but if,
1: but that also speaks to the broader point of this, which is that in a totalitarian regime, you know everything is standardized. Yeah, there's no room for individuality or free expression. Yep. Uh, it, it is quite purely just uh, you exist to serve. Your purpose and then yes. go home. Which, so
0: yes, which brings me to one big thing they said a lot. The one word that has probably come from this book more than anything, comrade. Mm-hmm. They talk and they say that word every other sentence is comrade. Mm-hmm. So it it goes back to the whole like Stalin thing, and you know the Russia. It's it's all about it's all about them. Using this terminology and this this you know word that means friend, but it, it's sort of like a misleading them into an idea that you know this it's not really a camaraderie. It's me dictating, and you are falling into it. You just don't realize it because I'm treating you as a friend, as an
1: equal, and but but words are used that way in lots of circumstances like this, like you'll. Politicians in the United States, they'll say words like folks when they're talking about the average person. And and it's meant to be like sort of uh, endearing, charming, kind of like, oh, I understand you. I get you. I came from you. Because it's better
0: than, you know, I mean, nobody's going to respond to them if you call them peons and peasants. I mean, it's 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 them trying to be on your level or at least appear to be.
1: So what what I'm trying to bring home here is that. Orwell uses the framework of Stalinism and communist Russia at the time for his allegory. But it is not exclusively about Stalinism and communism. It is more about the inherent nature of the overthrow of a regime and the the creation of a new one. Yes. And how it's cyclical and how, you know, any regime change... You might have the revolutionaries, but then those revolutionaries become the establishment. The yes. establishment then creates their own sets of rules to go by until the next generation decides to overthrow them. If exactly. It's
0: possible. so this is this is where it gets interesting to go off of that. At the end of I don't know if it was chapter four or five, they are talking about how, oh, you know the 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 rations. The pigs are eating like and drinking the milk and eating the rations and all of that. But then they go on to say they twist it around and say, Well, if we didn't have all of that, if we didn't have it, we wouldn't be able to, you know, keep up our strength enough to to be, you know, the the brains of the operation.
1: Specifically they talk about the milk yes. and oats and apples. Yes. Apples were really the big one because they found the orchard, the pigs sort of swept them away under the rationale of we had need the brain power to be able yeah. to lead you and there's like a bit of grumbling but nobody really like pushes back
0: no and right? then they see that because they're they're starting to grumble at first but then they use that, that logic that illogical logic of oh well you know we need it for our brain power and then everybody's mm-hmm. like oh okay so they take that as I'm doing it for the greater good but really at one point they say that you know, there's, because they had to milk the cows, they were, like, in, in pain, so they milked the cows. And then there was all this milk, and it was, like, frothy, and they were saying how nice it was, and then they were like, no, don't touch it. Then all of a sudden, you know, when the, the animals come back, the milk is gone. Right. So it's it's this continual manipulation from the pigs, and it's, it's they're the brains, but they're the manipulators as well, so... This is yes, and it's not just it's not just a, a Stalin thing. It's not just a Hitler thing, but this was based around Stalin. This was known to be based off of the mm-hmm. communist regime.
1: Yes, my only point is that describing it as being an allegory specifically about that isn't quite right. Like it's it's, I understand, it's the yeah. framework in which they tell the story. Uh, they could tell the same kind of story about. Uh, Germany, they could tell the same kind of story about Iran or Iraq.
0: Yes, oh, uh, it's
1: true. You know, I, I mean, that that's just the nature of things. But like the the power dynamic and, and the power struggles are really the big drivers of the story here. So like, a neighboring farm comes in, the to, to lights like sneak up and yes. and foil the animals' plans because word gets around about this yeah, animal farm very right? quickly, and, and so the a neighboring farms you become nervous and they come in and like did a confrontation with the animals uh-huh. and an animal dies i think it was a sheep
0: it was a sheep yes yeah. and,
1: and so like they even they even they drive these people out but then upon finding that the sheep's dead they they mourn him they also uh recognize the day as a special holiday uh-huh. as well
0: yeah like a revolution and, and
1: so like we did into the ideas of memorializing yeah. events the way that uh, countries do, and then also sort of continuing to work the kind of uh, nationalism that right. comes with defending your territory. Oh,
0: yeah. And, and I mean, they even talk about giving, how they gave him a proper burial. Yeah. You know, and, and there was almost one other animal they thought died. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. It was the farmhand they thought died. Yeah. And then it turns out that he had just passed out and then he like, right, staggered off. Because
1: the whole point is that Boxer mule kicked him. <laughs> yes,
0: he, he mule kicked him. And,
1: and there's even a whole stretch where like Boxer is lamenting the fact that he harmed mm-hmm. somebody because you know while he felt like he was defending himself, he didn't feel good about yeah. killing somebody. <laughs> he
0: wasn't happy about it. He but, was like, I didn't mean to kill him. I didn't mean to hurt him. Right. He was just acting off of instinct. And but it, it goes to show that the you know these these farms are getting nervous because the, the their their animals are getting antsy. and so they're trying to, Mr. Jones finally comes back, and he's the one who's leading all of these farmers. And you know, they weren't they they made mention that nobody was really on his side until it started creeping into their own lives. Mm-hmm. So once they noticed it was starting to take a turn on them, Then all of a sudden Mr. Jones looked better to them. So they went and they stormed the castle, so to speak. Just to be run off again. Yeah. So these these animals have this like under lock and key very, very well. But yeah, some of these some of these animals are just more interesting characters than others. Now such as um, well, like I said, Benjamin, I loved Molly because I thought she was the cute, prissy one and who just liked being pampered <laughs> yeah. and loved, and she right. didn't like that idea of revolution.
1: yeah, so
0: she was okay with being someone's pet, you know, unlike the rest of them. Um, so, uh, the pigs are all pretty standard on the same level. Hey, um I think
1: I think you're papering over. These characters, like oh, okay, like maybe the maybe, the, but... the pigs are such an important central piece to the events at play. Like, so throughout most of this first half of the book, once they freed themselves, they sort of feign the idea of being sort of a democratically uh, managed organization. Okay, you know, like the idea that everybody has a vote in the say of things.
0: You, well, you're right. You're right. I, I'm not trying to paper over the pigs because they are the central idea but, of this whole uh, this whole thing. But,
1: well, d- go ahead to your characters you want to touch on, but we'll go back to the pigs.
0: Okay. Well, the other ones I was going to touch on uh, was Snowball and Napoleon because they are the two brains of the operation. And it seemed like for the longest time they were allies, they were getting along, everything was going well, and then all of a sudden snowball and napoleon start going off into different directions and they you know they're they're not working together anymore and you know snowball is complaining that napoleon is taking over and ta- you know taking charge and so things aren't so you know things there's not all peace and love in the valley anymore so so i find that interesting
1: so the you mentioned the windmill
0: uh, I did not mench- okay. mention the window. Okay,
1: because like I mentioned before, like it, it's this new governance is, yes, we're all in it together, equal share, but the pigs clearly are the sort of the bourge, bourgeoisie. Bourgeoisie, yeah. Bourgeoisie.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: uh, but they clearly have different styles and focus and intentions. And Snowball is sort of the advocate for the kind of like we need to keep changing and moving stuff forward and napoleon's kind of the the reserved you know let's keep tradition and do what we we need to right uh to hang on and the inflection point of it is this windmill which snowball is fighting for fiercely to do because the argument is that we'll be able to generate electricity. We'll be able to grind our oats and and make different things with it. And, Oh, it'll make our job a lot easier Mm -hmm. and let us live in, in relaxation. It all comes at an inflection point when they're both arguing back and forth in front of all the other animals and Napoleon whistles and a pack of young dogs, come up at be- his beck and call and chases a snowball out of the, the land. Yeah. Uh, the, those are the pups of the two dogs I mentioned before. Yeah. And apparently they were swept away by the pigs at an early age. And Napoleon clearly had them trained. Yes. Because he, he trained them not only to line up in front of him, but also scare off Snowball.
0: Yes. And uh, that's another thing that was interesting is that he they, they were raised and sort of groomed as pups. Mm-hmm. And then he they were the ones who were, you know, they, they worked for him. They worked for Napoleon.
1: And that's meant to, what do you think that's an allegory for?
0: Oh, Lord. Well, let me see. Um, ch- thinking about the idea of being bred and made into killers, basically. I mean.
1: So think about uh, extend that to a human experience that happens at a young age for people.
0: Well, I know what uh, I know what uh, kind of human experience with grooming is, which is a very very unpleasant. Uh thing to think about i don't know if we're on the same uh
1: so to, to me what it what it translates to is think about when you're a teenager when you're growing up uh you pledge allegiance to the flag mm-hmm. every day yeah uh you hear certain songs at the national anthem at any event right uh, so you were groomed at a young age mm-hmm. to have full faith in the United States right. because we're born here. It's just the society that we grow up in. Right. Now, in the Dodds case, that's more like after they're groomed that way, right? they're then enlisted in the army.
0: Yes. Okay?
1: Because like, that, that, that is, at its core, the army is something that we need. Yes. But it is also a machine. And, and that machine... It chews up young people and then turns them into a a well-trained, well-groomed killing machine.
0: Which is where I was going to go with that. I was going to say something a bit more broad and general than that, but like Nazis. How they were groomed and trained and they were killers and that's that's what they were made to do. That's what they were born and bred to do
1: that that's what military is in general yes regardless of nation regardless of what the uh ideology is right you you know it's you know whether you call it you know a a valor filled experience or or you feel like it's it's a you know shame that we have that system like that is what people going through military are being trained to do Right. So, yeah, it's like, true. In that sense, that's what's happening here too. Except this is this is not just grooming them to be defenders of the entire group. What they've been groomed to do is help create an uprising from Napoleon onto Snowball, so yeah. Napoleon could be the primary leader. Yes. Uh, and, and so it, it is. It's it, it's a coup. That that's really what it yeah,
0: is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's no it, it's no mistake that his name is Napoleon. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it it makes perfect sense. But no, it is a coup, and he was grooming these dogs on the side so he would have his own militia. And yeah, absolutely, that makes perfect sense. But yeah that that was that was brought up that these pups were there. And that they had grown up with him, so yes, that that makes. Pra- now I it, I didn't know if you were going with. Oh, what's that an allegory for? I didn't know if you had a specific example. That's why I was going with like Hitler and the Nazis.
1: No, I I, I think my specific my specific example was just the through just, lines from what that happened there to where you would translate it in real right, life. You're right, right. I mean, part of the fascinating part of that section too is that. The second he turns on Snowball and, and runs him out of the farm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: he comes back and says, We're going to do the windmill. It was my idea all yes. along. Snowball yes. was trying to steal my idea he was and to undermine steal
0: it. Steal it, yes. Now,
1: what does that sound like?
0: That sounds a lot like. Well, I know what it sounds <laughs> a lot like. I might we, not...
1: we, we are living in a time where the big lie
0: mm-hmm. is
1: a real thing. Yeah. Okay? And. I mean that's a, that is something that is as old, if not older, than Nazi Germany. Right, because the whole idea is that you have the one big lie that you tell over and over, and then people internalize it and believe it. Yes, you know exactly. And, and so, you know, e- even in this kind of crazy circumstance between uh, Napoleon's his leadership role. Uh-huh. In this whole time, which gets him some sort of legitimacy to the other animals. Right. Coupled uh-huh. with the military backing of these dogs. Because, like, these dogs are growling at the other animals yeah. when they try to chime up and say something's not right. Right. It, it, it's a mixture of uh, social coercion with uh, physical force. Yes. In that way. And, and like, this this whole five-episode chapter, or five-chapter episode we, we've been reading. Yes. Like... <laughs> what you see is the slow erosion of people's freedoms over time or animals freedoms over time throughout this. And and each step of the way they are given some rationale for why they need to have these restrictions, why certain things need to be just for the pigs, why uh, certain animals have to work harder, even though everybody is supposed to get an equal share.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. So, it's it's a it's supposed to be based off the seven commandments that all of the animals are created equal. Sort of like that you know that the part of our Declaration of Independence all men are
1: created all equal. All men
0: are created equal, but we can see how well that translated over time.
1: Well, but I mean in our country all men are created equal. You know, the only people that are recognized as man were men. Yes. And more specifically, landowners. Yes. Okay? It's been it's been the, over the arc of the United States history is sort of like slowly opening up those freedoms to other people. Yes. <laughs> Whether it was women, uh, black people, other minorities. Uh, it's been a slow erosion of that grip on sort of who has free and equal access to things and, and freedoms. So – Conversely, here, what you're seeing is that the pretense of full freedom is what they start with, and then they start gr- turning the the grinder yeah, <laughs> up, and, and really sort of eroding that. And what happens is that over time, you know, you go so long through this ringer, you start forgetting about the things you used to be able to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know?
0: exactly. It's,
1: it's social conditioning and manipulation. Right. Which, I mean, frankly we as people are all subject to that in some shape or form. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just certain ones are worse than others.
0: Right? Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's what we're seeing now. We're seeing an uprising. And yes, that was a big part too. You know, he, he took Snowball's idea and then claimed it as his own, trying to say that Snowball was trying to steal it. And now we're seeing backstabbing and you know coups and and uprisings, and it's it's gotten to a point where you know it went from all animals are equal to well we're going to eat all of the share because we're we're the masterminds, and now all the masterminds are starting to go in different directions because they are intelligent and they want to be number one.
1: I'm looking forward to seeing what you think of the second half of this book.
0: Yeah,
1: I uh, chapter five's ending spot is really kind of a fascinating. Stopping point. Yeah. Because that is where Snowball got ran out. Yeah. That's where they're all presented with this new paradigm of who's in charge and how things will go. And like, it is sort of where the real sort of clouds are starting to hover over the farm in terms of some of the animals started questioning what's right and what's not right (laughs) about what's happening. But they're also at a point where they're not quite ready to try anything to push back against it whether it's because they still believe the cause like some of them do Mm -hmm. or because they're nervous or scared about falling out of line and then being hurt or or ran out of the farm
0: yep so now they're worried about breaking the rules and being kicked out and because it's, it's supposed to be this Equal society, and now you know, like Molly. Molly was chased. Well, not chased out. She she chased herself out. So she
1: elected to go. She
0: she went, and she didn't go. She didn't look back. But they also disowned her after that. So there's uh there's that there's this there's this okay. Well, you're going to be free, but not free at the same time. So. I, I am very much so looking forward to talking about the rest of this book.
1: Well, Molly's sort of probably a refugee to another farm. Like oh, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, It's like uh, somebody fleeing uh, Syria to come to the United States. Like, yeah. Like, it's, you know, the idea is that they find the living conditions unacceptable. <laughs> so yeah. They, they, you know, so bad that they risk their lives traveling the world to get somewhere else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. One thing I don't think any of the animals banked on is the fact that they didn't have anyone to have governing rules like you know Mr. Jones might have been a slave owner and an asshole but you know he was also the one who fed them and who kept them you know going uh, you know which they couldn't really do on their own so I think they started maybe feeling that a little bit at this point.
1: I, I, I think it's just a matter of you know the ownership might have changed hands it's just that it's an animal now instead of a human
0: yeah you know, it's
1: you know under the pretense of a shared power structure, you know it's it's only skin deep yeah <laughs> that, that kind of freedom that they present themselves
0: right, swells. right so. But anyway, that's where we're at so far in this and, and and you know, the you know, the plot thickens so to speak from here on out. And now we're seeing we're, we're not just seeing you know, okay, this is this is, you know, our our uprising. This is now we're seeing personalities and we're seeing these animals as they truly are and it's getting it, it's getting more and more intense. So it's it's going to be fascinating.
1: All I know is that I did all the milk and apples.
0: You don't get any of the milk and apples, and you know it.
1: <laughs> just just call me Napoleon.
0: Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> I'll call you something. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but no, I guess we'll pick it up here next week as we discuss the second half of um, Animal Farm, the saga.
1: You were going to say Animal Crossing, were you? No,
0: I wasn't. You were going to say Animal Crossing.
1: (laughs) I probably will by the (laughs) end of this. Yes, you
0: will. So so that will be Animal Farm Part 2, the finale. So we'll be back next week, and we will um, finish this up and wrap it up and discuss the next read after this. All right.
1: I guess nodding doesn't translate. No, in it doesn't. Recording.
0: <laughs> they can't hear that.
1: <laughs> Peace.
0: Later.